Hey guys, it's Kathy. So I just wanted to let you know we've been having so much fun inside of this free workshop this week. I wanted to play you a snippet of each of the days so that if you haven't been able to make it there live, you can at least get some of the benefit. And if you want to jump in at any point this week, you can see replays. We leave them up for 24 hours. Plus you can jump in and see the rest of the week. All you have to do is go to kathyheller.com slash workshop and you can grab your spot. It is free. It is a five day immersion. And on Friday of this week, we're doing a live call on Zoom so that you guys can ask me anything you'd like about this content or anything else. So I just want you to take a listen to this. This is a excerpt from the workshop. I hope that this touches your soul. I hope that this inspires you, fires you up and gives you some tools. Take a listen. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Colleen and I are very excited because we have a whole bunch of good stuff to dive in with you. On today, we're going to Marie Kondo our way through you and all your talent and all your gifts because you were put here because you're needed. I often say my kids love to do puzzles, right? I have three daughters. My youngest is six years old. Just last night, she said, mommy, let's do a puzzle. And when you're ever doing a puzzle, if you can't find one piece, if there's one piece missing, and we've all had that experience, and I know because my husband always says, put it all back in a Ziploc. You can't, you can't put it backward. We don't all have it together because he knows that this happens. And we did a puzzle last night and we can't, we couldn't find one piece. And even though it was just one piece, it's the most dissatisfying feeling because there's one piece missing. Yeah. That's how I feel about all of us. I believe that every single one of us is a piece of this puzzle and no one else has your exact way of fitting. And so if you don't contribute that which you came to contribute, your perspective, right? Your light, right? If you don't contribute that, it never gets finished. And you know, it's interesting. I sometimes use this analogy again. I'm an 80s kid of the 80s. But when I was in kindergarten, the song that year was We Are the World. Mm -hmm. You guys remember this song. Unbelievable how much talent was in that room recording that track. And we were singing it on the bus. And my mom remembers, she gets choked up. She's like, I remember being a chaperone and we, the kindergarten class went to the zoo and all the kids were singing, we are the world. And she's like, and it was just so beautiful. The innocence and the sweetness is perfect. And I say this because sometimes we don't think that each of us is so unique, right? You know, you you tend to compare yourself more than you even want to admit that you do. We, we sort of live looking outward instead of inward. And P.S., you know, the word insight, it comes from within. Quite often, the moments where we have the most clarity and see the clearest is with our eyes closed, right? When you meditate, you tend to close your eyes. When you pray, you often close your eyes. When you make a wish on a candle, you tend to close your eyes. And so it's interesting that we tend to look at others and we look at others or we look at the world, right? And when we look at the world, we see limited. When we close your eyes, we see so far, right? So it's interesting the way that insight works. It comes from within. But I remember, you know, listening to that music and that particular song. And I use this as an example because quite often we look around and we say, well, how am I that unique? Or I'm, I'm sort of just like this girl, you know, we have a similar life. She's got two kids. I've got two kids. We're both living in the same zip code and she kind of does what I do. And it's like, no, you're different. Let me explain. And so when you're listening to We Are the World, you know, that song was written in a particular time with a particular group of musicians who lived and wrote music in a particular time. 
And yet, if you listen to that song and you don't watch the video, you just listen to the audio, you can tell there's such a difference in everybody's vocal, right? Huey Lewis doesn't sound like Billy Joel and Billy Joel doesn't sound like Ray Charles and Ray Charles doesn't sound like Stevie Wonder. And you just keep going and you realize each of them is a genius and each of them is needed and nobody sounded like the other person. And even though they were writing music in the exact same time and most of them were living in the same place, right? They had a completely different tone a completely different frequency, right? And you have to get that, right? And it's so cool. Like as an experiment, listen to that track later today. Don't watch it on YouTube, just listen. And as you listen, without even looking, you can feel how different every person is. And if you look, right, at your hands, you have you have fingerprints, right? You know, what's interesting is that there's no evolutionary need for you to have a different fingerprint than somebody else. If you look at cats and dogs, right? They have these little pads on their paws, right? We have a unique design, which to me is a wink from the creator of this universe that each one of us makes a unique imprint. And so I do agree with Colleen that the most delicious thing for human beings is to find within ourselves the sense of purpose, right? This feeling of being seen and leaving the world a little bit better than it was before. And I think we are all craving that. And that's why I said yesterday, you can have a pile of stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with having, I love this Alice and Olivia top. I put it on today. Even my husband was like, I love that top. I'm like, me too, right? You don't have to choose between having a pile of things you like and anything else. But you didn't come for a pile of stuff. You've got such bigger dreams, right? And one of the things that we learned yesterday, for those of you who didn't get to see the replay or those of you who weren't here, replays go away in 24 hours, but I'm doing a little catch up for you. We realize what we're really dreaming about is well-being, right? The abundance that you're chasing always is the energy you want to feel lit, right? If somebody said to you, I'm going to give you a pile of these things, cash, this car, this house, but it wouldn't make you feel different. Or I'm going to give you this lit feeling. If you actually experience both, you take the lit feeling because the only reason you wanted the pile of stuff is because you were hoping that it would give you that feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to do two things today. We're going to go over the homework that you did yesterday, and we're going to announce some winners for that. And we're also going to excavate and we're going to work on today being the beginning of you seeing a deeper look at your own brilliance. And so we're going to do both of those things today. Are you guys ready? Colleen, how are you feeling? Anything you want to add to what I just said? Uh, Yeah, just one thing, you guys, you know, when Catherine is just giving that example about you can pick this amazing lit up feeling or you can just pick the stuff. The irony is that you pick the lit up feeling. All the stuff is a byproduct of that lit up feeling. So if you pick the lit up feeling, you actually get both, right? That's the best part. It's like, it's inevitable because like we said yesterday, everything's frequency where you tune your receiver. And if you can get that receiver tuned to this lit up, joyful, expansive thing, you can't help but watch this avalanche of like juicy yumminess in all of these tangible pile stuff will just start showing up because it's always the byproduct of where you're at. It's so true. It's so true. Okay. So I want to begin by telling you a little bit about my story of how I was able to make millions of dollars. Because again, what Colleen just said is 
you kind of get both, even when you're not in pursuit. I got to have this. This is where my happiness is. It's at the end of this. It's like, you kind of get both. And so I'm going to show you, at least through my eyes, my own life experience, right? And so it starts, I come out to Los Angeles in 2003 with the dream of getting a record deal because I love to sing and I write music and I come out here and it turns out they don't just give those away on the corner. So I write songs and I would say they were kind of just above mediocre. And I wrote and wrote and wrote until I finally wrote better songs. And then I wrote better songs. And then, oh my God, I got a meeting with Atlantic Records and I was offered a record deal. And then I had a meeting with Interscope and I was offered a record deal. I was actually sitting with Lady Gaga at Sunset Sounds and she was recording Paparazzi, a special version for the VMAs. And I was like, this is surreal. Oh my God, I have made it. This is it. This is my moment. They're asking me what I want from Starbucks. And I'm sitting here with Ron Fair. It was surreal. About six weeks later, I was driving in my little blue Saab. I don't even think they make Saabs anymore. And I was on the 405, which is where you spend a lot of time when you live in LA. And I got a call from Ron Fair and he was like, Hey, are you driving? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, uh, call me when you get home or when you stop, when you get off the freeway. I'm like, we can't have a conversation while I'm driving. He's like, well, it's kind of important. And I'm like, what's going to happen now? So I get off the freeway. It's like Bundy and Olympic. I remember like sitting there in my car and he said, Jimmy Iovine and I love you. You've got so much good energy. We love your music, but, 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 but we're just not sure that any of these songs are going to be radio singles. So we're going to drop you from the label. Womp womp. Well, I can tell you that story now, and it's just a story, but at the time I was sobbing, sobbing in my car, sobbing, asking God, where do I go? What would I possibly do from here? I went to the Wizard of Oz and I can't get home. What am I supposed to do? And I remember this feeling of, I remember Rabbi Aaron, who I was talking about a lot yesterday, he had said to me once, can you imagine if there was a guitar, but instead of being used as a guitar, it was just sitting there and inside the hollow of the guitar, somebody put a potted plant. The guitar feels miserable. Why? Because it's not being used to do what it's supposed to do. And all it wants to do is play music. And I was like, oh my God, all I want to do is play music. I don't want to be collecting dust in the corner, but cue all the people in my life. And what did they say? Ah, this is what we told you. It's so sweet that you wanted to pursue your dream, but those things just don't happen. You Now you got to grow up and get a real job. Be practical. Or here's the best one. Be realistic. Be realistic. You can't do what you love. You have to be in reality, right? So I was like, okay. And so I go get a job. I worked in a casting office. I was casting the Ghost Whisperer pilot with Jennifer Love Hewitt. I was like an assistant to the assistant. And I was like, this is so boring. Like I didn't come to LA to work in this office. So after eight months of that, I go get a different job. I was working for an oncologist because I was like, oh, what if I did something meaningful? Even though that's not my role in life, I was like, I'll be an assistant in this office. Guess what? Had a little me too moment with the doctor. Not a fun story. That's for another day. Um, I wound up leaving that job. Fascinating. Um, I could do a whole, <laughs> whole discussion on that. Anyway, leave that job. And then a friend of mine says, you know what you should do if you can't do what you love, which obviously you can't. Now, I'm glad you came to your senses. What you should do is make a lot of money. And I was like, 
Great thought, Sherlock. What do I do? She goes, well, there's two things you can do to make a lot of money. You can either work in finance. I'm like, I can't add two numbers together. So no. She goes, or you could work in real estate. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, you could do commercial real estate, which was like a thing, right? The girls would put their suits on. They would go and drive in their little Mercedes and have conversations. I didn't know what they were talking about. Lo and behold, I get a job working for a guy who works in Brentwood, who owns like a billion dollars in shopping centers. How fun does this sound, right? So boring. I'm a songwriter. I'm a cre- He's like, oh my God, I love your personality. You can come work for me. I'm going to give you this much money. I'm going to give you bonuses. Let's do this thing. And I'm like, great. And you know that feeling where you're like rationalizing, you're just not yourself, but you just, we've all done it, right? Like you're with the guy you don't really want to be with, but you just suck it up. You just tell yourself, this is it. Right? You're like, you're living in this place. You, know, you just have had those moments, right? So I'm going to work every day and I'm just telling myself that this is fine and it's not fine. And he's paying me. And a year and a half later, I was now, I moved up from the little sob. I was driving a CLK Mercedes. He was paying me like $150,000. I was 25 years old. People were like, you made it. Like that is success. I bought a couch at Anthropology. I ate all the spicy tuna rolls I wanted. And people were looking at me like, you're, you're a boss, like crushing it. And I'm like, I'm miserable, but I'm so happy you think this is great. So a year and a half later, I'm bawling at my desk. I had just seen, I had just seen myself in the reflection of the elevator doors coming up to the office. And I was like, who is this girl? It's like the uh, song from Mulan, Christina Aguilera. You know, she sings, who is this girl I see? I'm like, I don't recognize this person. I don't want to be you. I don't want to wear this suit. I don't want to talk about things I don't care about. I don't want to do this. I'm dying. And I had had this really bad neck pain because I was clenching my jaw at night and I was dating someone I wasn't into, working a job I didn't like. I was basically creating a lie for myself, which I've seen so many people do because they don't feel that there's an alternate possibility. And so I'm like, this is not okay. I can't do this. And P.S., my backstory is that I didn't have the most fun childhood. My parents were arguing all the time. They eventually got divorced. My mom and I had a really difficult time, no money, like a lot of pain. And I had just been through so much growing up that I was like, no, I've gotten so far. I'm not willing to then get through all that to become an adult who just settles and is unhappy. Like, I'm just not, I just can't do it. And P.S., my mom, who is extremely talented, she was like the lead in all of her high school shows. And when she was a senior in high school, she was in this play called Once Upon a Mattress, and she was the lead. And the girl who played her understudy was a woman named Ellen Green. And Ellen Green, I'll tell you in a second what happened, but Ellen Green said to my mom after high school graduation, do you want to go with me? We're going to audition for Little Shop of Horrors on Broadway. And my mom had a belief that she had to choose between getting married and having kids and the white picket fence or following her dream. And so she very practically, right, with realistic goals said, I can't do that. And so she married my dad at 28. She was starting dating him at 18, 22. She's married. She's got kids, right? Doing the whole thing. And my whole life, I was aware that my mom's dreams were dying inside of her because she had made a choice to even think it wasn't even possible to do what she loved, to share her gifts. And that is a very unfulfilling feeling because no spouse can hand you a feeling of fulfillment 
that comes from you being in alignment and you generating and sharing and impacting the world with your gifts. So that's part of the backstory. So when I was now two years into this real estate job, having just had a record deal, just like touched the tip of what I really wanted to do, I couldn't sustain it, right? So I quit my job. Now, I do not recommend having now gone through that and having now coached thousands of people to build their dream job. I don't, I don't coach people to quit their job because there's a much smarter, more effective way to do it, which is to spend 90 days building a side hustle, which you can then get proof of concept. And then you can actually scale the crap out of it and so much better and easier. And those things are actually not difficult. You just need to know what steps to take. And I teach people that, but I didn't know that then. So I just quit my job quit my job. Now having a single mom and no trust fund. And I, at that time, I wasn't really on speaking terms with my dad very much. So it's not like I had money coming in, but I couldn't bear it. And you guys have all been there. You know, those feelings when you just make decisions because the cost of staying where you are is too much of a cost. Okay. So I quit my job and I asked a new question, which was, is there any other way I can use my gifts besides being a superstar? Because in my mind, we do this a lot. Everything's very extreme. I'm either famous or I'm nothing. It's like, why is it that? That's, that's ridiculous. There's a, there's a bunch of things on the continuum, right? So I asked a question for the first time, which was a new question. Is it Beyonce or bust? Can I be something else besides Taylor Swift? Is there another possibility? And what happened by asking that question? Evidence appeared, right? By looking for clues, new clues appear. And the new thing that appeared was I was reading, I decided to read a billboard magazine and there was a big story on artists that were licensing their music to TV and film. Ingrid Michaelson had a song in a in a, a Rogaine commercial, or was it an old Navy, old Navy commercial? She talks about Rogaine in the song and she had the song in Grey's Anatomy and Snow Patrol and Regina Spector. And I was like, whoa, whoa, you mean Ingrid Michaelson doesn't have a record deal? And I know that song. I'm like, oh my God, I never thought of this. I never understood that I could do this on my terms. Are you kind of getting the theme of this week? There's so much you can do with your own two hands. And I said, forget it. I don't need to wait for some dude at some record label to tell me that I can use my gift, I can do this myself. And by the way, PS, we're going to talk about this a lot as the week goes on. We live in a time where we have a smartphone. Everyone who you can serve, your audience, your clients, your customers, they're on the other click of one button on your phone, right? You can find your people. You can find, look at this, look at this workshop. Most of you never even heard of me before this, right? I put it out there on my podcast. I put it out there on social media. I put it out there. I'm doing this thing. And look, we're all sitting here, right? It's like, you don't need Simon and Schuster to give you permission to write. You don't need a record label. You don't need NBC to give you permission to make content. You can go make content. Look what my podcast has done, right? I started a podcast. There was no network involved. Look at all the celebrities, look at all the cool authors, look at all the humans in all these countries that I have reached with my own two hands. So I'm very much a DIY person, right? And I want you guys to see your greatest resource is your own resourcefulness. So what happens? I started making phone calls, okay? This is before I could figure out, there was no slide into their DMs. I had to make a phone call and I was looking online for who were the people choosing music for different television shows and different ad companies. And guess what? I did it. I was scared as hell, scared as hell. But the other side was more scary. It was like, I'm going to make this phone call. And I learned, I learned so much about business. I learned that business is about listening and asking questions. What song do you guys need? What story are you telling? Sure. I'll write a song about sisters. I'll send it to you in a week. Oh, you're doing a campaign about this for Pepsi. I can write you a song about that. And they loved that. They said that was so different because most artists would just send music cold 
And they would say, well, how do you know that this music fits what we're doing? Why don't you ask us? Why don't you become a partner in this, right? John Williams, when he's creating a score, sits down with the, you know, the, the whole team and says, what's the cinematic thing that you want? And I'll add my vision, you know, to your vision. And that's the beauty of creativity. And that's where business, and we'll talk about that. Anyway, long story short, for 10 years, I wrote music for tons of shows. So if you ever watch Pretty Little Liars or Switch to Birth or Younger or Grey's Anatomy, or you watch McDonald's commercials or Walmart commercials or Target commercials, I was doing that. And I wound up making three fifty, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 a year. And I was ecstatic. I was like, this is it. I like beat the system, right? Like people would ask me, what do you do? And I was like, I'm in the studio <laughs> writing songs. And then I would get paid 75 grand just to, for someone to use my song, right? For a Honda commercial, or I'd get paid 10 grand for someone to use a song for a scene in a show. And it was just so much fun. And my, my friends and I would gather around the TV. This is before the DVR, right? And we'd watch it live, like One Tree Hill, they're playing your song. And I was like, it's so cool. And it was really fun. It was really fun. Okay. So I did that for 10 years, but here's where the next thing comes in. We limit ourselves, right? We're like, well, this is me. This is all I've got. You know what happens when you start doing a thing and you're so enthusiastic and you're so excited, more opportunities come. So you know what started happening? I was featured in Billboard Magazine, this full-page feature. And then I was featured in Variety Magazine, this full-page feature all about how I was DIYing a career in music and making a ton of money and having fun. And I would get email after email after email from other artists saying, can you teach me how to do that? And here's a giant light bulb. For everything you do, whether you cut hair or you lost the weight or you're a great parent or you know how to get your kid to sleep or you're good at writing songs for TV, for everything you do, there's a line around the block of people who want to know how you do what you do. And I didn't realize that that was coming. So my husband's friend comes to my house. He was holding the LA Weekly. It's another like LA newspaper. And he goes, you're in this. I was reading this during lunch. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, there's a full page story in that one too. He goes, this is a business. I was offended. At first, I thought it was an insult. I'm like, what do we mean it's a business? He's like, well, I mean, you could be an agent for other artists because now you have this whole Rolodex of contacts, or you could teach other artists how to even get their music ready. So it's the kind of music that would actually work. And I was like, oh my God, he doesn't think I'm an artist. He doesn't value me. Why would he even say that I should do anything? Like, it's so funny the way we don't get the opportunity of a lifetime right? So after a few weeks, I'm like, had this in my head. And I was like, why, did, why can't it be a yes? And why can't I be both? And then I was having lunch with a friend and she was an agent in Hollywood. And I said, what do you think makes people successful? You know, who, whoever is actually out there in Hollywood, she said, multi hyphenate. <laughs> she goes, Amy Schumer is writing, directing, producing, and she's doing stand-up. She's like, that's why she's successful. She goes, you look at P Diddy, He's writing music, producing music, making his own vodka, and now he's making clothing. She goes, that's creativity. That's where people get really successful. They're not just one thing. And I was like, that's it. I'm Amy Schumer. No, I'm just kidding. But I was like, that's it. Like, I'm a yes and. So what did I do at my dining room table? I started to pitch other people's songs. And it was amazing. And it was so fun. And I started this agency. So I would pitch my songs and other people's songs. You know what happened? I got more of my songs placed because people thought of me as an even bigger resource. And I got other people's songs placed. Then year after that, I started a workshop in my living room. We had this little bungalow, right? My husband and I thought it was like 
a giant feat when we bought this. It was nine nine nine. We could only spend a million dollars on a house. We thought that was crazy. It is, and we bought this million dollar little Spanish house in near West Hollywood, in my living room. Ten people came for a workshop on how to be a songwriter for film and TV. It was like three hundred dollars all day. They were chomping at the bit for the next one. What did I do? It grew. I rented a theater. The theater cost me $50 to rent during the day because people don't use theaters at noon on a Tuesday. They're, they're nighttime performances. So I was able to rent that space. I figured that out and I would sell the seats, right? And it grew. And then a friend heard that I was doing this. And she's like, what about people who don't live in LA? Can't you do this online? I was like, absolutely not. That's disgusting. Like to me, online was like, guys in front of a jet who were like, I'll make you famous. And I was like, I want nothing to do with that. And then I realized that's ridiculous. Like 4 billion people are online. Are 4 billion people gross guys in front of a jet? Like, no, it's half the population. I was like, I can just use the tool of the internet, but I can still be myself and I can just be genuine. And I don't have to make some dumb webinar. I can just teach songwriters very genuinely and help them. So I did my first webinar just like this, not a single slideshow, just this, right? I was actually pregnant at the time and I was like sweating and I was just myself. And what happened? I offered a class for a thousand dollars for several months. I would take songwriters through the process of writing music and sculpting music and sonnet was with me. She was the first person I hired because she was a great songwriter and I hired her to help me with this. And um, what happened? 147 people bought the class. So I made 147 grand that night started the class. Within three weeks, one of the girls in the class said, this is a podcast. You should start a podcast. And I'm like, yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and so now I was writing music, pitching other people's music, teaching a class, being a mom. And then I started a podcast. And when I started the podcast, I said, but I don't want the podcast to just be about songwriting. Like I didn't come to LA to teach songwriting, right? I came to LA because I'm an artist, because I want to create, because I want to connect, because I want to touch people. So I said, if I'm going to do a podcast, I want to help all humans see that they can live out their dream, that there's so much that you can yes and, yes and, yes and, you can do all of it. By the time I started that podcast, I didn't have pressure on any of it, right? Like you notice, like I was just so excited that the music I was writing made all that money. Then I started this agency and that started making a lot of money. Then I started this class. That class wound up making $2 million in its first year. So I was writing songs, right? Pitching songs, teaching the class. Then I started the podcast and the podcast took off. And then within about a year, we started teaching workshops to the listeners of that podcast. We had our very first sponsor on our very first show, Blue Apron. And then there was sponsorship, right? So by the time I looked around, I turned around, I was like, the podcast has content that sponsors it, right? We've got things that we do. We've got events, we've got retreats, we've got classes. And then I had this whole songwriting business. And then I got a book deal. I got a book deal, my third podcast episode. I wasn't a famous person. I, by the way, I didn't even have an Instagram account, right? I wasn't this person with like 500,000 followers or a giant email list. I got a book deal. Macmillan reached out to me. They're like, this is podcast is so great. This podcast is a book. So I got my first book deal. Then I got my second book deal. Are you feeling it? Are you excited? <laughs> so now for six years, I've been doing this podcast. Podcast grew, interviewed so many amazing folks, right? And started teaching people, right, how they can take what they love 
and build a business. And we're going to get into more of that today. But now you have a little bit of my backstory. And so you can see why I am so determined to help you understand how much money you're sitting on. And it's who you become in the process. And it's how much fun you get to have. And like I said before, your greatest resource turns out to be your resourcefulness, right? And do you know what quality lights up most? Do you know when you look at a brain scan, if you look at an fMRI, do you know what lights up most? Is it, do you think it's anger? Do you think it's love? So the thing that lights up most is enthusiasm. And what I realize is when you're having that feeling of well-being, like we talked about yesterday, and you're not worried about attracting this thing and it's not over there, it's right here, and you're enthusiastic, everything works because enthusiasm is the most contagious thing. And so I was having fun building that songwriting business. Then I was having fun teaching those songwriters and I was already enjoying it. I wasn't doing that workshop in my house for 10 people thinking this better grow to $2 million. And how am I going to do? I was like, so happy that day. Why? Because it feels so good to walk in purpose. It feels so good to help other people. It feels so good to use your gifts, to be the guitar that's not holding a plant, but in fact, to play the music you were meant to play. And what did I learn along the way? I never, I never would have thought that my thing was going to be a podcast. I came to LA to use my voice and I thought my voice was going to be used to tour the world. How lucky am I that I was willing to let go and not be attached because I have three daughters and I don't have to tour the world. I, I get to come upstairs and do my podcast, right? And you know what my podcast wound up doing? It grew so big. My husband retired three years ago, which by the way, now I'm trying to get him back to work, not because he needs to, but because he needs purpose. But that's a separate story for a separate day. But look what's possible. So don't you tell me, right? Don't you tell me that we can't sit here today and we can't start to excavate what it is that you are here to do. And so for those of you who are saying, this is so exciting, but I don't know what to do next. That's why you're here because over the next now, this this is day two of a five-day workshop. We're going to start to go through the steps and we're going to start to make this feel concrete. And for those of you who then want to do this with us at the end of this week, some of you will join me for three months and I will take you by the hand and I will be there to coach you for three months, but we've got a whole week right now to get into this. So let's dive in more. Colleen, anything you want to say before we go further? I love hearing your story. Every time you tell your story, it's like the first time hearing it, it's like this present I'm opening. And I just want everyone to notice how much it wasn't like a treasure map that had X marks the spot that Kathy was navigating to. She just allowed herself to be led from moment to moment, thing to thing, opportunity to opportunity, trusting in that enthusiasm and what appeared and then allowing herself the permission to follow that, right? And that is the magic. A lot of us stop ourselves and we we, we wind up feeling paralyzed that I have to figure it all out first or I have to know where the destination is and where I'm going and what's going to happen and what it will look like. And Ironically, we don't need to know any of that. You just need, like Kathy said, what's so enthusiastic? What lights you up? And give yourself the permission to start showing up from that space. And you'll inevitably be led to the most magical kind of experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing, and I appreciate your comments. I see how, thank you so much. It's so, so sweet, beautiful. Um, And I think one of the things that we just talked about in me telling my story is you don't have to be like someone else. Like if you see something and you go, well, I would love to have that kind of success, but that doesn't feel like integrity to me. Who the hell says you have to do it that way, right? Like I am not willing to compromise on 
being myself or feeling like I'm actually present and genuine. Like I'm just not willing to build a business that way. And you don't have to. So let's start building your business. Are you guys ready? All right. So if you have a pen and paper, I'd like you to grab that because I'm going to have you do an exercise right freaking now. So here we go. I want you to write down If you did not have to be perfect, right? If that part of figuring it all out and you didn't have to be perfect, I want you to stream of consciousness, free associate. What are five things that you just would love to do for whatever reason? You might write down, open a bed and breakfast, be a travel writer, make, you know, so little, you know, frogs and dolls and cute things, make stop motion animation, open a coffee shop that's also like a bookstore. I don't know. I want you to write down five things that just for some reason come through, okay? Free association, if you didn't have to be perfect. And I actually wouldn't mind if you wrote it this way. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would this. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would this. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would this. Like literally keep writing that five times. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would. Because it'll trick you into telling yourself the truth because we're so plagued by this feeling of being perfect that we don't even begin. There are two lies that stop people from doing everything they want. They believe subconsciously one of these two lies. It's not possible is one big lie or I am not enough. And if you think subconsciously, I'm not enough to do this, or it's not possible to do this, you won't even be honest with yourself about what you'd really like to do. But I'm here to tell you, you're more than enough. And I'll explain that to you till the cows come home of why that's really true. And I'm here to tell you it is possible because enthusiasm, right? We talked yesterday about Walt Disney and he sold air, right? He raised that money by selling conviction, selling a vision, right? If enthusiasm and presence, if the most impressive things in this world are the energy because the world is made of energy. And so vibration is actually the key, right? The key, the skeleton key to unlock your, your all that you want is the vibration, well, you've got access to that. And we learned that yesterday. You can turn that on. You can turn on the fountain of well-being. And when you pull energy through, you know what you do? You light up other people. So what do people always want? They want, right, on a, if you look at it on a very like primal level, right? We want to live. You look at animals, what are they doing all day long? Trying to find food, right? They want energy to sustain life. Do you know what gives people life? Energy. So when you walk in a room and you've got enthusiasm, you just loved another person more into their life stream. So the greatest tool for all of this is learning how to foster such well-being, to be so in the moment. And by the way, people can tell when you are attached when you need something, you need approval, you need something to go a certain way. When you just show up with enthusiasm and grace, more things come in. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. New downloads come in. You're just available. You're in the stream. You're in the stream. You just keep being moved toward where you can serve the most. Because the universe, what did I say yesterday? It's not net neutral. It's net positive. You cut your finger, it immediately goes into repair. You take one step towards this kind of well-being and you take one step towards looking for clues that you have all this to give. What starts to happen? People go, you know who you should meet? Something pops up. This next thing pops up. You go, this is working, right? Of course it's working. Okay, so now of the five things that you wrote down, I want you for a second to close your eyes and I want you to think about each of those things 
Think of yourself stepping in like Mary Poppins jumping in the sidewalk and for whatever reason, without making any meaning out of it, just for whatever reason, which one gives you goosebumps? Which one would be like the mic drop of all mic drops if God just handed you that life? I want you to circle that one. And now I want you to write it in the chat. What did you just circle? What would be it if you didn't have to be perfect and you could just do a certain kind of thing? What would it be? Write novels, travel blogger, have a popular podcast, be a public speaker, counselor, write songs for TV. Beautiful. I would use my creative path to be financially free, painter, amazing, have a podcast. I would be dancing, doing choreography. I love this. Yes. Traveling the world. Absolutely. Guess what? This is available. (laughs) Yes. You'd lead retreats in Greece and Italy, dance and write songs, travel blogger. So good. Okay. So now I want you to do something else with that pen. I want you to write yourself a permission slip and I want you to write it to yourself. So you would write, dear Tammy, dear Gina, right? I would write, dear Kathy. Here we go. Are you ready? Dear Kathy, write your name. I give you permission not to be perfect. I give you permission to play. I give you permission to find your joy again. I give you permission to feel ease. I give you permission to allow yourself to play with this idea. I give you permission to return to who you really are and sign it. And if you didn't hear everything I said, basically, you could just say, dear Kathy, put your name though. I give you permission to not be perfect. I give you permission to play (laughs) and sign it. And I want you guys to find a picture of yourself. I'm like seven years old. And I want you to get it and put it near you, put it on your desk. I want you to think about that little kid because she's had enough criticism and she's amazing. I think about each of you as a six-year-old, right? I have a six-year-old. How dare we belittle their dreams and tell them, no, you're not enough. I look at my six-year-old and I'm like, literally yesterday, I was telling my mom that wherever I go with her, people just go crazy over her. And it's true. I went into a store with her two days ago and it's a store we've been in before. And the woman just always goes crazy over her. And she goes, there's something about her. So she goes, I'm going to use my employee discount and I'm going to pay to buy her this jacket. I go, why would you do that? She goes, I don't know. I just really want to. I really just love her. She's so special. And she wasn't even... um really talkative. So I said to my husband, it's interesting. She wasn't even talkative. And he said, it's interesting. You would say that like, she has to talk to be magical. People see it. She's really special. So would I ever look her dead in the face and say one of two things, it's not possible or you're not enough. No way in hell. So why do you do that to yourself? And why have you done that to yourself? For 20 years or 30 years, it stops today. Colleen, anything you want to say? I'm like so emotional now. Uh, all of Kathy's children, it's like, I don't know, she hit some like jackpot. They're all, they all have their, and this is true of everyone. They all have their own magic. And it's when we allow it to radiate. And I think that's what Maddie does so beautifully. Like it's just, she's so raw in her presentation of herself we all can't help but feel it and experience it because she lets us into her magic. And so many of us don't in life, right? Because we've been through things we've, you know, and that's, 
a huge part of the work, Kathy, and I like to do with you is yes, the tangible, but also letting you unbecome what you're not. So people can really see your light again, yeah. because that's, that's when people have that kind of reaction like that store lady did. It's so good, right? It's so good. So we're going to continue to help you uncover how you can take those things that you wrote down and turn them into actual real life businesses. And one of the ways that we've looked at this, and this is pretty cool. When I was writing my first book, they asked me, um, well, can you write a book to help people, you know, start their thing? And I said, well, one thing I understand now, I've, I've interviewed now 700 people and I was able to see that all these people fit into a few buckets of things. And so it's helpful. So I'm going to tell you what some of these buckets are. Okay. These are some of the things that I've seen through doing a pretty extensive amount of research that you can get paid to do. Number one, you can do something that is service-based where you offer a service that you charge for by the hour, a project you create. It could be home organizing, right? You could be a coach doing one-on-one coaching. You could do social media management, or you could be a clothing stylist, right? Meaning you get paid to do a service, okay? Number two is teaching something through courses or workshops or programs that could be delivered in person or online. Like an example would be you're a, a weight loss coach and you talk to a group of people about that, or you teach baby sleep training, or you teach photography. So teaching is number two. First thing was service-based, right? Working with somebody, doing something with somebody. The third thing is a membership, right? People pay for community. People pay. So you could have a scrapbooking membership. You could have a vegan cooking club, right? These are all examples of things that people actually today, they pay for that, right? Also, you could do events, right? Like my friend Jacqueline Johnson, she created this sort of like female entrepreneur, like place where people gather at events, right? And she gets Citibank to sponsor it and she has different people on panels. And so you can do different retreats for meditation or a social media conference or really and truly. And again, we're going to keep talking. So don't overwhelm yourself by thinking these things have to start big. All of the things I told you, that I have done. I was all, I was a lot of these things. I made, I was a maker. Like I would make things, right. I wrote songs. Then I was a teacher. I would teach people how to do the business of songwriting. Then I was a curator. I would curate, right. Other people who had great songs and I would pitch their songs. Then I would create events on stage, right. Where I would bring panelists. I've done all these things. And guess what? They all started with one person right? My first song I ever sold, I called one person and asked them what they needed and then went and was so excited to try to write that song for that one project, right? And my very first event was 10 people. A few of them were friends of mine. I said, come to my living room on a Sunday, my living room, right? And then I rented a theater and then I did it online, right? And then last thing is you could be a content creator, right? I now also create content and just creating content makes money, right? The podcast itself gets sponsored and that makes money. So, all right. Does anyone have a, and again, we're just going to allow ourselves to not be perfect. Remember that permission slip we just wrote? So out of the things I just said, which one of those things lights you up the most? The idea of teaching something, the idea of doing a service for someone with a skill that you have, the idea of curating something, some kind of a membership, content creation. Just curious which one lights you up the most. And guess what? I do basically all of those things in one way or another. And you can do two of them. You can do four of them. You can do three of them. Like you get to pick and choose. 
And we're going to talk about how you do them. And I know it seems crazy. Just like before I had my first daughter, I thought it seemed so hard to bring home a newborn. There's like all these things you need to know, but I'm going to show you how it's just one step. And then the next step, it's like learning to play piano. It feels really hard at first to see all these keys. You see black keys and white keys, and there's all these different things you need to understand about theory. And it's like, no, no, we're just going to learn first a C scale, right? And then we're going to learn a chord. And then we're going to show you that this is actually not very hard at all. It's just a matter of understanding how you want, you apply a certain language to this. And then it's just like driving a stick shift. It's like clutch, gas, brake, clutch. Okay, got it. It's not really that hard. But for a first moment, you have to give yourself the willingness to dive into something new. And actually, it's a great practice of mindfulness to just notice, do you get so overwhelmed that you just tell yourself you can't do this? Or are you willing to say, I got this? Colin, anything you want to add to this? Yeah, I think just echoing what Kathy said, there is there are no boxes that you have to shove yourself into. And so many times it's always going to be a blend. So when we say, what are you most drawn to? Again, if you may equally go, oh my gosh, like I love the idea of coaching and programs. And it's like, great, give yourself the space that there's no rules. Because ultimately at the end of the day, all five of these, what they reflect is just different ways of packaging or presenting your own personal genius and gifts that you have, right? What you're sharing ultimately is the same kind of thing, right? With the world. And so There's no right. There's no wrong. There's no number three or number four is your fastest path to earning. It's like, no, it's you and your passion combined with whatever seems the most exciting and fun to you to package that up and interact with other people. That's what it is. There's no hard, fast cookie cutter formula. So really you get the space to just delight in whatever feels good to you. Yeah. And the feeling of overwhelm, you know, whenever we think of new thoughts, that's unfortunately what our reptilian brain does. The amygdala goes, here's all the danger, right? Because what's unknown, right? The body goes, if it's unknown, it's scary. That means there's danger there. But really, right, what we keep choosing, right, also can feel really uncomfortable because we realize the reason you're here is you want something different, right? So is it overwhelming to keep choosing the same thing and being in the same place year after year when you know there's something more for you? Or you could just take one step and say, I got this. And you know, what I said yesterday is so true. It's like who you become and being willing to lean in to something that makes you feel overwhelmed is even more exciting because it's never in the achievement. It's, oh my God, I got this. Holy crap. Look what I was just able to do. So I want to give you an example one of the guys who came through our community is a guy named Greg Franklin, who was living in Missouri. And I just think this is such a perfect example and how you don't have to feel overwhelmed and what can happen if you take one tiny step. And so he um, reached out that he was listening to the podcast and he became a member of one of our communities. And he said he was working at a dog food factory. Okay. Father of three kids, married very unfulfilled, standing in front of a machine eight hours a day that made plastic bags for dog food. Like you can't write this script. Like this is a movie. John C. Riley would play this part. Like it's so textbook perfect. I can't make it up. And he said, so I'm not very fulfilled. I'm like, yeah, you're not. And he goes, and all of a sudden you're making me think that maybe it's possible that I could be happier. So I'm trying to think of what I can do, but I don't have any skills and I don't have any passions and I was never good in anything. And I wasn't on the football team and I wasn't at home ec and I wasn't, he's like, however, you got me to think, just choose something just choose something. So one day he saw a recipe for cheesecake pop up on his Facebook feed. And he thought, Kathy said, just try something and do it messy and don't be perfect. So he made a cheesecake. 
wasn't awesome. He forgot that he really does need that cheesecloth. And that wasn't something he had at home. So he went out and bought a cheesecloth. And a couple of days later, Facebook showed him another recipe because now he had clicked on it. Facebook thinks he likes recipes for cheesecake. He made one. Guess what? It was pretty good. He made two cheesecakes. And his wife said, just watch these tiny steps. She said, we're not going to eat the second one. They lived in a small town in Missouri. She said, why don't you bring it to the fire station? They would appreciate it. He goes, fine. So he took that one little step and brought it to the fire station. A week later, the fire chief calls and said, are you the guy who brought that cheesecake last week? He said, yes. He said, we're having a birthday party for one of our main guys, and we would like 12 of those. He was about to say, I can't do that, literally. And instead he goes, sure, no problem. He makes 12 cheesecakes. You know what happens next? He starts a side hustle. Literally doesn't know what he's doing. So he just buys one of those freezer bags and walks into town and walks into like the post office and the nail salon and the barber shop and says, does anyone want cheesecake? Literally starts messy with not knowing what he's doing, starts to sell some cheesecake, starts to have some fun. About a a month later, you can't make this up. He tells me, you won't believe this. I just got fired. And he was really scared. And he was driving home and he called his wife and he said, this is not a joke. This is how perfectly aligned the world is working on your behalf. He's driving home. He tells his wife, you're not going to be happy. I just got fired. And she said, did you know that Google told me today is National Cheesecake Day? He goes, "That's that. there's no way that's even a thing. She goes, it's actually a thing. And this is a sign that you're not going to get another factory job. You're going to start a cheesecake shop. And he said, but we need healthcare and we need this. And we have three kids. And she said, I'm behind you. We're going to open a cheesecake shop. So 10 by 50, they, they bought this, they rented this tiny little space. They had no, no idea what they were going to do. And they made a commitment that if they could make enough money to pay the rent for a month, they'd keep it open for three months. The first day they opened in this tiny little town, there was a line of people around the block to support them. And he grew this thing and COVID happened and they wound up having the biggest business in the whole city. They wound up getting food trucks. They wound up having a chain of stores, local grocery stores started selling their stuff. I had him on the podcast to tell the story. People started driving from other places. He's now the number one Yelp reviewed cheesecake in the whole state and he's happy Mm -hmm. and he deserves to be. And no, he wasn't the star of his high school basketball team. And no, he wasn't the prom king, but he deserves to be happy. And he shows his kids now every day that he's happy. And he didn't think about, how am I going to get the number one Yelp reviewed place? How am I going to open a store? He didn't do that. He just took that next step. You just take that next step. So there's really no reason to be overwhelmed because you're just going to take the next step. And here's what's so awesome. When the goal is the feeling good, do you know how much feeling good you can have when you show yourself how capable you are, right? When you pull out of yourself this feeling of, I was capable of taking one little step. Do you know how good he said he felt when he dropped it off that first night at the fire station? That was already a high. Do you see this? I literally have thousands of these stories now for you guys, okay? Thousands of these stories. What I also want to do, though, is look at the homework that you guys did yesterday, because I want you to really understand everything is energy, right? And your vibration is a whole imprint. And without you saying anything, people can tell a lot about you because we can feel. I mean, Colleen so beautifully said that about my daughter the other day, right? Without her, I mean, you said it and this woman said it the other day too, without her even speaking, 
you get a lot of information because it's in the frequency because everything's energy, right? So if we don't really look at what's underneath, your belief carries, right? Every time you think something, I want you to understand something, on a biological level, not just a, oh, this is just theoretical. When you think a thought, your brain immediately has a chemical reaction. Did you know that? So if you think something that's positive, your brain gives you a hit of something like serotonin or dopamine. You could see it in me a few moments ago, right? Like I was literally, my body was experiencing an internal pharmaceutical drip inside of me coming from my brain based on a thought. So when you think something, it doesn't just stay in your brain. It's in your cells. If you think something stressful, like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? This is so overwhelming. Do you know what happens? Do you know what you literally physically get? You get cortisol. What happens when your brain drips cortisol into your cells? You start to stress. You start to get wired in. And cortisol is more addictive than nicotine. So very often people have a hard time when people say, well, now you should just start thinking positively. And if you think that that's just about you and your mind, you're wrong. Your, your body is literally addicted to feeling like crap. Your body is addicted to cortisol. So if you spend the first three hours of the day feeling really pumped, your body is going to want, I'm not joking, your cells are going to want a hit of self-doubt so that they can get that drip of stress hormone. That's dangerous. Now, I want to tell you something really important because we said yesterday, the goal is feeling good and that is available. So abundance is literally available right now because all you want is the feeling good. And when you feel good, you feel infinite. When you feel good and you feel infinite, you feel joy, you feel creative. That's all available now. You don't have to attract it. You don't have to say, I hate all those things. It's on its way. F you. Stop. Like none of that. None of that. Right. None of that. Here's something really important to know. I had a guy on my show. His name is Dan Butner. He used to work for National Geographic. He discovered something called the Blue Zones. You've probably heard of them. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you about them now. If you have heard of them, I'm going to tell you an important point about them. Dan discovered there are places in the world where people live the longest. He wanted to know why. Why is it that in these Blue Zones, is what they call them, why do people live the longest? Is it the food? Is it the weather? Why? Why are these people living into their hundreds and not living into their hundreds? Why are they living into their hundreds and still riding bicycles? Why are they living into their hundreds and not having cancer? Why the hell is this happening? And why isn't anyone talking about this? Year after year, decade after decade, generation after generation, these Blue Zones have people who live in their hundreds. Want to know what he found out? Here's the number one reason. Are you ready? They have less cortisol. What does that mean? Cortisol creates inflammation in the body. Every single disease and ailment is caused by inflammation. Cortisol comes from here. Cortisol comes from stress. Every single one of these people in these blue zones, you know what they do in the beginning of their day? Meditate and pray. It's their outlook. It's literally the pharmacy in their own head because their thoughts are not signaling, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Oh my God, I'm in scarcity. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my God, this is another bad thought, another bad thought, another bad thought. Where is it? It's not here. It's lack. I don't have it. I don't have none of that. None of that. Because you know what they're doing every single day? They're in purpose. They're in purpose, right? Families live together. Grandparents and great-grandparents are still showing up every day. People have jobs. They literally work till they're 108. They like work. 
because work doesn't feel like a job. It feels like service. It feels like purpose. They meditate, they get up, they pray, they work the land. They're busy taking little steps and they're laughing all the way to their hundreds. What's happening here? Cortisol, stress, lack. Where is it? It's all about this pile of stuff. Where's more pile of stuff? It's not the freaking stuff, right? Wouldn't you like to live till you're 108 and have fun and not get cancer and not get sick? Well, I'm not saying that, that, I'm just saying, look at the data. I'm just saying, read the data, just read the data. That's all I'm saying. Like our culture has a lot to learn. That's all I'm saying because data is data. You can't argue with it. It's math. It's just math. Okay. So anti-cortisol, lower inflammation. So they do a couple things in these blue zones. They eat a lot less meat, a lot more plant-based. They still do eat some meat. They don't eat no meat, but their point is the inflammation is down. It's down in their food and it's down in their mind. And so when I'm sitting here and Colleen is sitting here and we're talking to you about abundance, you've got a straight access point to abundance, right? It's all here. You literally have a pharmacy inside of your brain. So feeling good, being in the energy, right? And how do you get there? That's your only job. Forget figuring it out, starting businesses, how overwhelming. No, 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 no. The whole thing that moves your business is how you vibrate. It's your vibration, right? Because that allows you to just move through the next thing. If you don't have to be perfect, of course you can go do a webinar. My webinars are like this. I don't know what I'm about to do. I don't need to be perfect. I just show up and give away presents. Presents of me, right? When you don't have to be perfect, you can post on Instagram. You can post a podcast. You don't have to be perfect. You can just show up and do resonance. Just give away what people really want. You, your energy, you in a flow state. So really the only thing you have to focus on is your vibration. That's the only job you have. So how does that work? You're going to write this down. Focus equals feeling. Done, period. That's it. You want the whole workshop? That's it. What does that mean? Where attention goes, energy flows. Focus equals feeling. So what does that mean? Where's your focus right now? What are you thinking about? That thought is going to get momentum. Don't you go down that way, right? Because that focus is going to equal more of those feelings. Now your cells are in there. Now you got 10,000 more of those feelings, right? For everything you think, your brain will spit out 25 more thoughts like that, which gives you 25 more hits of cortisol. Now you're bound. Now two hours goes by. You go, I've been in a trance. I've lost two hours. But if the focus and the feeling is it's here, it's easy. I don't have to figure it out. It's not overwhelming. Things always work out. I just got to feel good. I just got to enjoy this moment because <laughs> I don't even need the outcome because I'm already now right here in the outcome. Right now, I'm Dan Butner's star child, right? Right now, I'm living to my hundreds. Right now, I'm giving my body a break because I'm just resting in this good feeling, right? Ooh, now this good feeling is giving me the courage and the confidence to just write the first paragraph of something, put up a sales page, start an Etsy shop. Ooh, this good feeling is really powerful, isn't it? And I'm already done. I've got no attachment. I don't need there to be sales. I don't need people to like it. I don't need it to go viral. I'm just enjoying this good feeling. Oh, other people don't like it. Oh, I can't control how people perceive. I'm okay with that too. I love them anyway. They're just in their momentum from their bad thought, from their bad thought, from their bad thought. They can have that. That's okay. Colleen, anything you want to add? It's just amazing how free we can be when we realize what's around us doesn't matter right? We get to create and we create exactly how Kathy said, it's through our focus, right? It's through the thoughts that we're choosing to think. It's through recognizing the automaticity of those thoughts that were so in habit around going there. It's like a 
you know, like a well-worn path through a meadow, right? That's how we operate. And we're kind of like we're in trance a lot of the time and we don't even see it and realize it. And then when we do and we go, wait, what if I directed my attention here? What if I don't worry that what reality is has to be what I focus on, but I get to choose to focus on just what feels really good. Sure, there might be some people who tell you that's head in your head in the sand or head in the clouds or whatever you want to talk about. And it's like, great, they get to pick how they want to perceive and you get to pick. No one can ever tell you where that alignment is or what feels good. But when you give yourself the permission more and more to start training yourself into that and training your awareness of how am I feeling right now? Oh, where were my thoughts? Just where did they just go? Oh, what could I think that would maybe feel just a little bit better than what I did? It's amazing how free you become. And like Kathy says, it's all we ever want is just to feel free. Yeah. So beautiful. And thank you for all of those words. So yesterday, after we had a beautiful sort of like paradigm shift around abundance, we gave you some homework to look at your thoughts around money. And I just want to look at that really quickly because it is indeed very important because if you actually have beliefs that you are not conscious of and you think things about money, you will not allow yourself to have it, right? Money is neutral. Money is just a resource, right? You don't walk around thinking, oh my God, how much water do I have? How much Wi? How much Wi-Fi do I use? I, I feel so guilty. I have unlimited data. There are people who don't have Wi-Fi. Who am I to have that? Like nobody does this with any other resource. It's very interesting what we made money mean because literally, if you don't have water, you're you're not doing very well, right? And it's such a valuable resource. And I've lived overseas, and I've lived in places where you can only take a shower for two minutes because they don't have enough water. But here, be like. People won't (laughs) brag about how much water they have and they won't talk about how they feel so guilty for having water. But we do this with money. It's so fascinating. We've made money mean something that it doesn't mean. Money is a neutral tool. The Talmud describes money in this way. It says that money is akin to like rain in a garden. So if rain falls on roses, roses grow. If rain falls on weeds, weeds grow. Money is an energizing resource. So if you are a person who is out of integrity inherently, like you're not in alignment, you're out of integrity, let's say you're a weed and you get some more of a resource, you're more of that. But if you are a person who's in alignment, who has integrity and you get more of this resource, any kind of energetic resource that blooms more, which is why you could look at the world and you could think right now, you could, if if I asked you, I said, I want you to think in your mind of somebody who has a lot of money, who's not kind. We could all think of somebody who comes to mind, maybe with someone we know in the zeitgeist, maybe somebody you know in your family life. And then I could say, I want you to think of somebody who has money, who's extremely generous, who's extremely philanthropic. You could think of that person, right? If you go to any hospital, there's a name on every building. Somebody gave money to that, right? If you go to any theater, somebody gave money. If you go and look at laboratories and clean water resources in Africa, somebody donated, right? There's philanthropic people everywhere. And then if I said to you, I want you to think of somebody who has no money, who's extremely kind. I'm sure you could think of somebody who has no money, who's got a lot of integrity. And then if I said, I want you to give me an example of anybody in the world who doesn't have money, who's a jerk. There's plenty of examples, right? It's not the money that defines the human being. The money is energetic resource 
So whatever the human is, with more resource, they become more of that. And that's the truth. There are plenty of people who have tons of money who do tons of good in the world. And there are plenty of people who have tons of money who just aren't nice. And there are plenty of people who have no money who do a lot of good in the world. And, and there's plenty of people who have no money who are horrible, obviously. But we just don't think of it that way. So when you did your homework yesterday, if you were being really intellectually honest, and by the way, we need to be honest, because if we're not being honest, we can't actually move forward. When you wrote down in the homework and we asked you, what's your belief about money? When you were growing up, what did you absorb? Was money the root of all evil or was money just a tool to do more good? Was money hard to earn? You have to sacrifice to get it because that's another reason you wouldn't let it in. If you think the more money that comes in, the less of a life you have, you won't let it in. But if you just realize money is lit, you wouldn't say that about Wi-Fi. The more Wi-Fi I have, I'll be stripped of my life. Like you just don't think that way. We do this with money. We have a whole big story about money, right? We need to understand money is allowed in just like water, just like air, oxygen. Have plenty of oxygen, not just enough for one breath. Have plenty of oxygen, right? You don't have to sacrifice and walk on your knees and become a horrible person like Scrooge to have money. You could be a lovely person. You could be a mother. You could be a doctor. You could be a bead shop owner. You could be a philanthropist. You could do all those things right? And Mother Teresa herself said, it takes a checkbook to change the world. And I said yesterday, 8.8% of, of, of CEOs are women. So what, what are we really doing, right? To not have money because we don't want to be, ooh, I don't want to be a person who has money. That would be, okay. So, so instead, only 8% of people who actually have big checkbooks are women. Well, when it comes time to create policies in the world and it comes time to do big things, who, whose checks are underwriting things, right? We need to have a seat at the table. And isn't it beautiful to see a woman who can be both? To see a woman who can make good choices, make good decisions, lead people, right? They actually say that women CEOs, their companies are 30% more profitable because they're very effective. Why? Women are tend to be relationship-oriented, right? We tend to be good leaders, but we just don't put ourselves there because we have a lot of self, self-doubt and subconscious beliefs about having money and being a person. It's like, is there any woman who has money right now who you look up to? Do you think of Reese Witherspoon as somebody who you think has no integrity? She sold her company, Hello Sunshine, for $1 billion. I think she's amazing. I love the work she does, right? Why not have more of those kinds of people in the world? Because you know, the more abundance you have, you create more abundance. If you plant a cherry tree for yourself, you know what you just did? You just created the opportunity for endless amounts of more cherry trees. If you paint your own house, you make your house prettier. Do you know what you just did for your neighbor's house? You made the value of your neighbor's house go up. Do you know that every acorn is the promise of thousands of forests? The law of the universe is that abundance creates more abundance. By you having abundance, you don't take away someone else's ability to have abundance. You actually create it. When Reese Witherspoon does what she does, more women see that. More women get jobs. More women have a vision. They take their seat in the world. What did Oprah do? She opened up the world for a lot of women, right? 12% of podcasters are women. We need to have that change. Right? We don't make up 12% of the population. We make up 50% of the population, maybe 
Where's the perspective? Where's the voice? Where's the point of view? Let's go. Right. So the more you walk forward and you go, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm feeling good. I'm building this on my terms. I pick up my kids every day at three o'clock. Right. I put my kids to sleep. I wake up in the morning. I give them breakfast. I built a business on my terms and I built a business by focusing on what really matters energy, resonance, presence, intimacy, radical empathy. So I don't need to be in my funnel sequence. I don't need branding and teams. We have four people on my team. We do multi-million dollars a year and we're loving every day of it. Why do you have to have this giant team? You got to take over your life. You can never see your kids. You can't go on vacation. What the hell is this? You don't have to work the way somebody else works. You don't have to work the way some dude works up in his office late at night as a partner in a law firm. Screw that utilize, ask a better question, use the resources that are here. So this is why we do these free workshops because we have so much to teach you. And for some of you, this is why we have the empathy to offer a three-month program at the end of this. Because some of you are going to say, I can tell she literally didn't stop. She literally taught as much as she could in five days. And there's so much deeper to go and so much more to do. And I want to be in this three-month workshop. And some of you will do that. And we'll talk about it at the end. But I made a promise. And I said, some of you will come for five days and you will get so much out of it, guaranteed. And it is meant to stand on its own. And some of you will say, don't leave me hanging. We'll talk about that at the end, what you can do to work with us for three whole months and how you can then build this side-by-side alongside of us but this is here for you. Okay. We're going to come back tomorrow and we're going to go deeper into what are the next steps you take? Once you have an idea, how do you test that first thing? How do you validate it? How do you make your first buck? How do you begin to create a business around what it is that you're choosing, right? We're going to talk about that and we're going to help you choose too. Cause sometimes you say, well, I have so many things. I don't know which to choose. I don't know if I want to be a yoga teacher or do photography or just stay working as a dental hygienist. We're going to help you understand how to unpack that. We've, we've been down this road before you came to the right place. This is not our first rodeo. Colleen, anything you want to add before we talk about the winners? Oh, it's all so good. You guys. And yeah, the abundance We're still so conditioned to thinking it's a pie. You know what I mean? And there's scraps of pie that we're all fighting for. And I cannot emphasize enough. It's limitless. Every single thing is limitless because every single thing is energy, right? Just like the blades of the grass, the sand granules on the beach, the waves on the ocean, right? The oxygen in the air, it's all limitless. And so your capacity to have a lot has no bearing relevance on what someone else is then capable of having or what someone else currently has, has no bearing relevance on what you're capable of having. It's all here for all of us. And it really comes down to that focus equals feeling. And when we learn to reprogram and get out of that automated space that we're all operating from, we realize these beliefs we didn't even know we had, everything can change. And it's amazing. And you know what happens is you become like Wi-Fi for other people. Because when you start turning on your perspective in this way, you move out of scarcity, which means you become a satellite dish for other people to start to see that scarcity is made up. It doesn't exist in nature. Go look at the Amazon. Look at how many shades of different species and spices and people, right? It's made up. And the more you have energy, you give other people energy, the more you have ideas, you give other people ideas. It just keeps building and building and building. And and I just want to say, because I hear Esther Hicks say this thing a lot. I like when she says this. She's like, 
there's no amount of suffering you can do to make people who suffer suffer less, right? Like people are like, oh, I don't want to have more. So, so subconsciously, I tell myself I want to have less. It's like there's no amount of less you can have that make people who have less now have more because you have less. It's like your your physical well being. You would never say, well, I don't want to feel so good that I rob other people of physical well being. It's like no, everyone has the same abilities, right? We all are here. We're all drinking in this stream. So it doesn't serve anybody for you to be physically unwell, right? It doesn't help somebody else now feel better. If you have less, it doesn't make somebody over there in your neighborhood have more because you had less. It's the opposite, actually. The more well-being you have, the more you, right? We become, what did James Clear say in Atomic Habits? We become the five people we spend the most time with. If people in your life have energy, if people in your life are thinking thoughts, like there's everything works out for me, there's clues everywhere, focus equals feeling. I'm focusing on this well-being that's right here, right now. There's nothing else in the future that's better than this moment. I got it right here because I want that feeling of letting go of needing something to feel good. And instead, I'm feeling good. If everyone around you is doing that and enjoying and being creative and building businesses and having fun. You affect the people around you. It's the opposite of what you've been taught. Scarcity is garbage, right? And P.S., your biological, physical body cannot go one more day being in this constant drip of cortisol where everything is worry. And you have to literally like just make it every month, check by check. Like, why? Let's move out of that right? Let's create opportunities for you to show up in the world, give your gifts away. Let me show you how to do it in a way where you're not salesy, you're generous. And because you're generous, people want to come to you and they want the next thing and they want to hire you and they want to buy from you. And your enthusiasm is so infectious. There's no sales needed because energy doesn't need sales. It is, it just is right. And when people are excited, I remember sitting next to this guy at a restaurant We were there for my friend's 10 year anniversary and she had this little private room and he was sitting next to me and he was telling me that he was going to start a podcast on Bruce Springsteen. And he was telling me about Bruce Springsteen the whole night. I don't really have a feeling about Bruce Springsteen. I never really listened to his music. By the end of the night, I was so obsessed with Bruce Springsteen because he, he, he had, he, he just was like lit up like a Christmas tree. I'm like, Oh my God, Bruce Springsteen. Right. So it's that. Like I was telling my sister-in-law, she loves the Brady Bunch. I go, you can make a whole podcast about how you love the Brady. Because the, when she talks about it, I'm I'm all, I'm like, tell, tell me again. She's like, well, then you know what happened? And I'm like, the enthusiasm in your voice when you talk about the Brady Bunch is liquid gold. It's liquid sunshine. So if you are like my friend, Amy Tangerine, who likes to do scrapbooking, yeah, that's why she made a million dollars from being a scrapbooker. Because you should see the animation in her face when she talks about the programs she runs and the little art sets that she made. Now she did a licensing deal with this company because she walked in and it was an immediate, I want you to license it because you are an ambassador for this. She's obsessed with it. She Mm -hmm. drips it, right? You can literally sell anything when you don't sell. You just choose your lane. You have fun. It's all here for you. And we live in a time You don't have to get on a horse and buggy and go a hundred miles to trade goods at the town square. You have a smartphone, podcasts, content, Instagram, build a community. You don't need 40 million people. 
right? I made $147,000 the first night I ever did something like this online without an Instagram account because I showed up with no perfection and no slides. So do you guys want to learn the rest of this? You got to come back tomorrow. It feels pretty abundant in here, you guys. Okay, so there's going to be another homework coming out today. And if you do the homework, you get entered into the raffle so that tomorrow you will win three. Uh, we'll pick three winners for uh, a cute prize, which we will show you. You have to check your homework to see what it is. I also want to say that today we're adding another raffle because you're here right now. If you take a screenshot right now and you post it in your Instagram, in your Instagram stories, and you write one little takeaway that you got, right? And you let people know that they can join the next few days. If you feel like this is valuable and you tag me, right? You post a screenshot, write a little something, tag me. Anyone who does that, you'll be put in a raffle and I'm going to be giving three of you. Spiritual Gangster has this beautiful sweatshirt and you're going to love it. And I'm actually going to show you what it looks like right now because I Mm -hmm. took a screenshot of it yesterday. It says, trust your soul. So three of you just for posting about this and tagging me in Instagram, we'll be getting this really cute sweatshirt that says, trust your soul. I just thought it was adorable. Saw it yesterday. Want to give that away. We will be back tomorrow. We will be going deeper into what steps do you take, right? We want to keep blending and braiding together the ideas of abundance as an energetic understanding, as well as what are the things that you can do to show up and find that sense of alignment and purpose in giving your gifts away and how can you get paid to be you? So we began that conversation today, but we we still have three more days. So we're coming back tomorrow. We will be doing another giveaway for those of you who are live here tomorrow. If you want to tell your friends to join us, we have three more days. We're very, very excited. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for, again, all the good vibes, all the good energy. We see you. We see you. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you.